this is my viewfinder. Bringing up sort of in the same uh, thinking meditation, at least in the sort of uh, brief Zen Buddhist uh, reading that I do, one of the fascinating concepts I came across is that um, the idea of meditation as this relaxation and uh, separation of mind and body is a bit misunderstood. And uh, particularly this one writer I was uh, uh, looking at, or at least one uh, summary of their lecture, uh, was that the idea, for example, in Zen of the Zazen posture is that it's supposed to be uncomfortable, uh, that you're not supposed to sit in a way that you can ignore your body. In fact, it's supposed to be the opposite, that sitting cross-legged with the erect back um, is actually not impossible, but it's really, really hard to do. And that only through practice can you start ignoring uh, at first the tendency to squirm, to shift, to make small movements. And then after that, um, you know, you end up uh, ultimately looking for a way to quiet your mind, which um, uh, is an interesting idea in terms of uh, the practice of spiritualism rather than the uh, you know thinking of it um, and photography can be the same everything in life is like that if you're the type of person that actually you know is already sort of uh, spiritually let's say um, balanced or or uh, or okay with themselves you never in an opportunity to even hear that because the conversation never occurs and you know if I'm walking around with a camera and it's this closed loop that uh, I'm meditating, I have this object, I press a button, I get home. You know, that's sort of almost an ideal, a Buddhistic ideal that you're always in a moment, you're always present, and when it's done, it's gone forever and you don't need to dwell on it. But photographers are not like that. Photographers, uh, I mean, I brought up the example with Alvin, like, does photography still have a value? If you take out a roll of film, you do 24 actuations on it, and then you throw out or bury the role and no, including you you never see it again i don't think so I, I don't think anybody would do that then we can bring up this idea of yeah let's say winogrand or, or uh, george weber or people that have um roles of films that were never touched but the intent was never to throw them away um, yeah but that's almost part of the experience right like i mean the this is this is a very 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 philosophical question in terms of photography right like like do you shoot if there's nothing in your camera, right? Like there's no roll of film, there's nothing, right? Like, and I mean, like ultimately, like it has, your relationship with photography should, I mean, like this is all asterisk and whatever disclaimer, right? Like you do what you want to, first of all, but hopefully the relationship with photography for you starts to become, or for the viewer, for anyone, it's like you shoot because you want to shoot, right? Like it doesn't, like, because, because no one else matters and you're shooting for yourself, right? So, so for example, you said, I leave my camera at home, but you still identify as a photographer. You're still someone who's very interested in the act of photography. So you're constantly like, because that framework's in your head, you're probably when you're out with your son playing, taking photos in your head and you're making these memories and they're lasting for you. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, um, I, I don't know. I, you know, the only reason why I, I, I'm not sure if I would agree with that is that um, each time and each situation will be slightly different. So, for example, to your point, uh, if we're out for a walk, 
um, I will instinctively at this point have moments where like, oh man, if I had my camera, that would that could look really dope. Um, but if I'm, uh, you know, running around with my kid in a field, I don't think about, oh, you know, it'd be great right. is if okay. I was 50 sure. meters away and had this lens yeah. and if I could capture no, this. But see, no, but see, that's the thing. Like you're getting caught up in like all these semantics about cameras when it doesn't even have to be that. You know what I mean? Like when you're out with your son, like you just look at him. And like, look at the happiness and pride and the joy that you have, you know, and feel that. And like, that's nearly almost the same thing as photographing for me. I see. That's where I'm. I'm not sure I agree with that. And and the reason why I would I, all I'm thinking about right now is when you talk about walking uh, and the camera. You know, my question is like, when is the last time you've been out just for a walk? Like just for a walk without a camera? Yeah, just to walk. You know, um, to walk out intentionally for 20 minutes an hour five hours five minutes whatever um just for the sake of walking Mm -hmm. i don't know dude i mean even with my you know requirement of spirituality and all here's here's the thing with that right like i completely agree with you like like practically you are completely correct absolutely and 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 what i want to preface that with is like when we are the goal oriented you know, capitalist fish that we are born into the system. Like walking without a goal, like in mind, like, so like you wake up in the morning, you walk to work, your destination is to go to work, but it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. It's about being able to walk to work. And that's really nice. Right. And being able to live close to work and walk close to work or walk to work is, I think, like a big factor in determining happiness for a lot of people. I think personally, I would be a lot happier if I could walk to work. I cannot because I live in the suburbs. But past that point, it's like, like we are inundated with like the goal to, to to get to that destination because we have to do a thing, X, Y, or Z. Whereas like like actual like spiritual liberation or whatever you want to call it would be like yeah you could just wake up in the morning and walk for five hours with no destination and and that's often what I do. Like, for example, when I went to Beijing, like when I'm shooting in a different place, it's nice because like all of the baggage that is Danny Luong is gone because I'm not anyone in Beijing. I'm a fucking nobody, probably on a government watch list somewhere, but I'm a nobody. I'm a foreigner. Right. And so I can wake up in the morning. This is what I did. I stayed with my brother, wake up in the morning and I would just walk in a direction, sometimes even a cardinal one. And and that would that would be I I had no destination. Sometimes, other times I often, more often than not, I did. Though. But for a couple of those walks, I had no destination, and they were very liberating because I just like there was no goal, and not having to have a goal was really nice. Well, is that with or without your camera? With every time it was with. So the goal was ultimately to take photos, and and I mean ultimately like the other big thing here that we're talking about too is like. Like uh, Alex Seltz said it, Louis showed me this quote, was just like, you know, like, photography is probably the most anti-Zen activity, right? In the sense that you, you're not, like, you're, you're, you're stealing a moment. You're, you're taking a moment and you're, 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 you're making it permanent rather than leaving it impermanent, right? You're not, it's, it's instead of like water washing through you, like time, like, like river, right? you're, you're taking a moment, you're stealing it and you're keeping it. And you're hoarding it. 
And I mean, like, I think, like, to touch on a key point here, uh, as you've called out many times, is like one of my driving philosophies in my life is balance and like the core philosophy of the yin and yang, right? Like, a, like I want to see both sides every single time because I think it leads to like a heightened level of understanding for me personally, because being able to see both sides and play both sides and understand both sides is really nice. So the most anti-Zen activity is photography, but with duality, it's at the same time, the most Zen activity that you could do. You know, I'm just thinking, it's interesting to think of the camera or like, and you brought up a, a, a good sort of uh, uh, comparison. I was going to say allegory, but a comparison um, of uh, having a job and deciding to walk to work. Um, so having a camera and deciding that you're going to walk in Beijing. And uh, sort of the catch-all idea that photography in, in and of itself is not a Zen. Uh, it like doesn't align with Zen. Um, I wonder the question of if one uh, could be present um, in the walk and in the moment of being motivated to capture something uh, and then after moving away and walking to something else. Like letting go. It's fascinating, you know, maybe it's not that process, even in its entirety, that has anything to do with uh, being in and out of Zen. Maybe it's in the review of it. Uh, and the appearance of those images and the reflection of that act that all of a sudden we break a cycle because you know when i when i go out let's say shooting on the street or doing something random for myself um i do experience what uh, you and and other people are describing which is um when you're in a good zone whether you take a lot of pictures or not you can actually be in a zone and you're you just can be absorbed in a single activity you don't have to be you anymore well, I mean, I might even, I think that's a negative way of putting it. I think that you actually get to be you as opposed sure, to having yeah, yeah. to play a role. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, I mean, classically, I'm kind of a negative person because uh, like my, my self-talk is really negative and my self-esteem is also pretty low. Uh, so I'm like just orientated classically. And that's why I, I constantly do strive to see optimism and like try and recognize to be like more positive i've been called out on it a lot by some of my closest family members and friends like you've got to be more positive and like whenever anyone says that to you it sounds like a load of horse shit because you're like well i don't know what the fuck positive like how like what do you want i'm just trying to be realistic right like that's always your 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 your, your scapegoat i'm just trying to be realistic but that's wrong right you're totally right uh but i want to say like against it's that duality right like not being me feels good to me and it makes me happy uh, i'm not a psychoanalyst so i, I won't delve too <laughs> yeah. much into this but i yeah, think yeah, yeah. if you need to look at anything danny's uh the definition of me is a complex one especially when we bring in roles that we believe we have to play for other people and i i think photography um makes that much more complex not just in its commercial existence political existence but even in the act of commercial existence. 
Well, no, I, you know, I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, bringing up your attachment to wartime photography, that's a commercial expression of journalism. I mean, when you read some of these stories about what the photographers actually were experiencing, what their favorite images are, it's generally not the ones they become famous for. And I, I wonder often, um, you know, this relationship that A, draws us to photography, uh, B, kind of underlines photography's continued dominance in culture, um, is something that we, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't question it. <laughs> maybe maybe just let it be. Uh, one of the things about being negative that I'm learning uh, and quote unquote being a realist is generally it's tied up in, uh, I mean, ego's an overplayed word, but, um, you know, an arrogance that I understand how things actually are which is also, if you want to talk Just about a Buddhist true. fallacy, um, yeah. is uh, is problematic because we're not supposed to actually understand anything. Um, but, you know, I mean, outside of... It's arguably understand anything at all. <laughs> yeah. So like, outside of like uh, personal reflection, personal reflections of this stuff, I mean, just to tie it back up, um, in all of this being said, and kind of now we're uh, like, so being where we are now, Looking back at the specific project that you displayed at the uh, exposure show, um, or that you've kind of been talking a lot about, uh, you know, with the passing of your grandfather and um, all of the personal work um, that you want to display in this case, um, you know, there's a relationship there that's interesting. You know, of, of the exposure show, I found your piece very interesting, both uh, because you're chasing this. Um, Emotional, it's called vulnerability and and sort of uh, pursuit of your family relationships, which is clearly a, a major part of your personality and your upbringing. But also, you, you used images that uh, I'm pretty sure were archival, like not taken by you. That's right. We're yeah. in just relationship. to show, once again showcase that family connection, right? Yeah. So, I mean, just briefly, because you know we've already taken about the hour uh, <laughs> and i've got a lot of editing to get this under 30 minutes but um yeah, what do. what do you think about you know so keeping in mind the conversation we just had um you know what's the role of photography in that project you know is it something that you felt you were trying to look for permanence to uh, honor and to ensure that people will remember or is it something that happened intuitively that was expressed as uh, you know something completely idealistic like uh, this doesn't even matter man this is just this that and the other thing you know do you remember there being something specific about it and and, and uh, it's an unfair question because I think that'll change uh, even if we, it evolves right? yeah evolves. of course uh, but but it's, I don't think it's an unfair question. I think it, most questions are fair unless they're pretty, like, even if a loaded question, you can identify those things. But regardless, uh, like, I guess starting with that is the first thing is like the scope of the project. And that's the, the, the whole overarching narrative, right? That was kind of the EP I'm working on a book. Um, the title of the project is called Departed. And it's gonna highlight and focus kind of, um, uh, there's some text, there's a text element and the text element is gonna be, uh, that I've already finished mostly, um, is my mother talking about leaving Vietnam and never really feeling at home there about how you know children in Vietnam made fun of her because my grandma's a half her, uh, half French. Uh, so she would never belong. She was raised in an orphanage um, and then it's just about like 
a feeling that I still carry with me that is just like, you never really fit in anywhere. No matter what, where you call home, you still feel like an outsider. And it's interesting because with the death of my grandfather, I feel more Canadian than I ever have in my life. Because now I can say that, you know, both my grandfathers are buried on Canadian soil and no one can take that away from me. You know, because I felt like an outsider my whole life. And it's nice to feel that I have roots here now. You know, I don't have to go back to wherever the fuck I came from in order to view or see my heritage. It's right here. You know, and that gives me like a fierce sense of pride about being Canadian. So that was the best thing that happened when my grandpa died is I started to realize that. And I think that death is always intermingled with those things. Like, cause changes, changes simultaneously the worst thing in the world and the best thing in the world, right? Cause you have to see what it does. It feels bad because you want things to stay normal because you enjoy the status quo or you think you do at least. Moving back to the project story, I just kept shooting and that was one of the things I wanted to do was like I identified as a photographer and I kept shooting and I kept shooting and I kept shooting and I brought the camera everywhere and it got to a point where like my family and my friends, everyone that I know and I'm so thankful for knows that this is kind of what I want to do and they don't mind. So they let me in with unfettered access. and. And when I started reviewing kind of the bulk of my work, I realized that so much of it told a story that resonated with so many other second and first generation Canadians. You know, like even down to the details of my grandparents' house of like where the laundry was, how things were set about, where 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 the rice cooker was, you know, where where the little shrine to Buddha was and what colors were around it. Like all of these experiences were shared um, amongst so many different people, spanning entirely different generations and spanning you know entirely different upbringings with entirely different families. But I never see that story told. You know, and that was that was the biggest thing for me. I, I, I and so I wanted to start telling not necessarily that story because I can't. I can only tell my story, right? And so that's where the project kind of came about, right? And the audio element of uh, the Buddhist monks chanting that had been something I had been hearing because in the past, you know year and a little bit here i've already been to six funerals so it's like i kept hearing these buddhist chants because it's like this little box and and they just keep it there to have like 24 even the idea of it is absurd right because you put this little chanting box in a room and now the spirit of the dead person can have 24 7 holy chanting for them to make sure that they're okay or send or go wherever they need to go but this is gonna help you know which is absurd because that person's dead um and 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 what i started to have a really nice uh, like forge a relationship with was like the absurdity that surrounds death and even like me taking photos of my grandfather or my grandma because they're you know, older plays into that 
because it's all absurd like why do we venerate and 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 you know like worship almost death when we should have and i mean like this is with an asterisk too is like when we should have just worshipped life but i think we do right and i think like i just mostly one of the big things that you touched on really early on was kind of like uh, how this digital age that we live in uh, it feels like well you're living in like this like soup of lies and soup of like almost not real you know like it's just like like photoshop this you know edit that like clean that up like make it look better than it is and i think a lot of that has to do with social influencing and like how that plays into people's psyche and what i wanted to do and what i always want to do is go counter to that right if if the if the mainstream thing and, and it's not because i think it's cool or whatever it's just like i i want like i said one of the primary directors of my life is balance and i don't see enough of the real so all i want to shoot is real and real is often to me just death because that's the realest shit you got you know what i mean like everyone has to do it and everyone has to go through it and and so it's almost like if i could just shoot that and put that on my feed then i'd be very fucking happy because i don't want to have shots that are like look at me on vacation and this isn't again to downplay anyone who is into social influencing because whatever you want to do that's fucking cool man you do you right but for me that wasn't the path because i don't want to you know show people how good my life is my life is great but it's also terrible it's both simultaneously <laughs> all the time which is which is exactly how it should be right so I guess that's that's the that's the crux of the, the project in that regard where it's like I want to shoot what I think is real. And these stories for second generation Canadians and immigrants, like at that show, I almost like what brought me close to, to tears was right after was like, you know, someone reached out to me on Instagram, they DM'd me and they're like, hey, like I saw your piece, like I don't know, you don't know who I am, but I just want to tell you, like as an immigrant, like I looked at your stuff and like really hit home and it I felt an emotional connection and uh, like I loved your work and like I got that a lot and that really meant something to me because that was exactly what I was going for it was really validating and, and I want to also say you know like the first time I put my work on a wall at Phil and Sebastian's with you through perspectives that was also another moment of validation for me because it was like I saw how many people loved me I saw how many people wanted to support me and I asked myself like like it, it's not even about like if I can fail or who why could I fail or who or about failure in general it's like like I'm doing this for myself and everyone is like super into that and they're supporting me and and I'm very lucky to fucking have that and it would be misery for me personally if I couldn't continue you know, and, and there was another line that my friend Stephanie said to me is like, even if we didn't have a platform to share our work, like, because I didn't actually get into exposure. I only got in through the camera store show. And so it was very conflicting for me because it felt a little bit like nepotism. 
I don't know if I want you to put this out, right? Because it's like a little bit sensitive, right? But I mean, like, I'm going to talk to you about it. And if you want to, that's totally your call, right? But it was just like, like, I only got into a show because I worked at the camera store. Not not through my own artistic merit. That's not right? true. Well, I mean, like you say that, but that's why I was there. Because I was the camera store staff. Well, I'll... I'll so you see what I mean, though, right? It well, smacks look, a little bit of nepotism. No, you know what? What's interesting for me, Danny, is what we've always connected on is that you want to be a storyteller. And photography, I think what you're projecting is that in its purest form as an art um, can and maybe ought to be used in a storytelling capacity. And in your case, in a documentarian uh, mindset to tell a story of your personal um, experiences and your personal beliefs, and then your struggle with those experiences and beliefs. And I think there's great value in that. I don't think that being selected or being shown has anything to do with an evaluation of your ability or the story that you have to tell. Um, I think instead um, that, you know, what I'm hearing from this conversation is that uh, there's something in the technology and maybe even in the action of it that is truly benign and detached from valuation. And then it becomes uh, the role and responsibility of the photographer, as well likely as the audience itself, um, to try to color that thing in the most constructive and spiritually balanced way possible. Uh, I think the problem is that A, we're not aware of that responsibility, and B, even when we are, there are outside forces like we brought up, uh, let's say uh, capitalism and personal profit and commodification, like, uh, sorry, the idea of a com uh, photography and art as a commodity, which are, you know, uh, which is where Huge I get, concepts. and Huge that's concepts. where I'm stuck because I'm like you, I, or describing yourself. I think I'm even more so like just, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of an asshole about this stuff. I, I don't, I don't want to be forgiving or patient about those themes. I kind of want to just keep poking, poking my finger at it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. At the festering wound? Yeah, you know, I mean, who am I? Who am I to argue about any of this shit? But I'm gonna, you know, uh, I think it's fun. Uh, but it's good. I, I'm I'm glad I talked to you. I think that uh, the most important thing I'm getting out of this anyways, Danny, is uh, that there's a story that you're compelled to communicate, that photography for you is the medium through which you're going to try to uh, have that conversation with people. And uh, my sort of hope is that you understand that um, that being recognized by one person or 10,000 is irrelevant. Um, I completely agree. Um, so don't, don't, don't beat yourself about exposure. Exposure is its own thing. Um, no, no, and I'm not, right? Like that's the thing, like I'm still, like at the end of the day, I was very happy I did that show. Yeah. I was, and, and I'm, I was, you know, I'm ecstatic that I was given the opportunity. Um, but I'm just saying that there were some things like going into the show that were difficult because it was like we had I wasn't right and I wasn't selected through a panel or anything like that right it was very validating because once again like you know um, Donna from Exposure came up to see it and you know she asked she had asked me like oh did you submit to Exposure and I said yes and she just kind of said fuck and I was like okay well, uh, but she, she doesn't have anything to do with the judging panel so 
Well, and that's the thing. I mean, again, uh, we'll have another conversation about uh, audiences, external validation, motivations to do this stuff. You know, even communication tools requiring audience. I mean, that's its own. I mean, there's a, a thousand tenants you could. And ultimately, the best way to sum all that up with ex- in terms of external stuff like that is like it doesn't fucking matter. You got to do this shit for you, right? Like it, it matters, yes, but like you have to have the drive to do it first. So that was our talk. What do you think? I think there's enough of a focus on being present and living the practice to make a connection here. There's a quote I came across. The quote uh, is from someone named Nan Yu Huarang. I apologize if I said that incorrectly. You cannot see the path, you can only see from it. Wow. So are we trying to look for the path or are we looking out from it? I'm probably more the former. This podcast seems to be essentially that. But I think photographers like Danny tend to be the latter. Whether he's aware of it or not, just participating in projects like his reflection on his family lineage and his recent uh, passing of his grandfather, they seem to be actions toward balance rather than thought experiments trying to label them. Okay, let me know your thoughts. Help me out, subscribe to this podcast, comment, rate me, share with your friends. I want to keep this momentum up. But I also want to have these conversations evolve as we go along, so any criticism or opinion is uh, welcome. Hope you're all out there continuing to act the truth rather than to simply think on it. And by act, aptly, uh, actuate those shudders, people.